0: All right, good morning, everybody. Today, Hashem, we'll be learning Pei Vav in Masechus Pesach, in the last daf in Parakei But we we'll begin three lines up from the bottom on Pei Hei Omid um, Beis. The two dots, you see it, Geronowitz? Yeah. The Mishnah discussed uh, some amazing things with regards to, we were talking about different ways that the korban Pesach can become Tomei. Um, Garanowitz was just telling us Musser that he learned over Shabbos with Kalman about why we can't uh, break the bone of the Korban Pesach. And so it's an interesting thing. One of the things that can make the Korban Pesach uh, invalid is if it goes outside, right, of the prescribed area where you're allowed to eat the Korban Pesach, namely Yerushalayim. Now, what if only a portion of said Korban Pesach goes out? So the Mishnah had described, fascinatingly, Whereas if you had just a regular carbon and a portion of it went out of your you take a cleaver and you just straight cut through the bone and the meat and everything, and they, and thus take off that portion of the carbon and proceed with the rest of it. However, if you if it's the carbon pesach, you have to be much more careful. It's a more delicate surgical procedure because of the aforementioned idea of not being able to just straight cut through the bone. Okay. Now, is uh, uh, yeah, carbon? yeah. Uh, so so then the question is, however. Right, and the question is, it can't be taken out of the area of So, are you ready for this interesting question? Where we arrive at the three dots in the, uh, three, uh, the two dots, rather, three lines up from the bottom of Pehemah Bays, we arrive at the question of, where in fact are the boundaries of Yer wow. Okay, that's amazing. Now, it, it comes out from the Mishnah, an amazing thing. We, we say that what? <laughs> the Mishnah had said, right, that the areas of the actual city of Yer the uh, areas of the rooftops and the um, upper stories, we'll call it the attics, in Yerushalayim, and in, right, the, the Chatzar, were not considered the same level of Kedusha, right, as the rest, as the rest of, the, um, of the area, of the, of the Harabias area, which means that you cannot eat Kachim Kalim there. In other words, you cannot eat Kachim Kalim on the rooftops of Yerushalayim. Isn't that amazing? What? Now, Korban Pesach, you may know, is Kachim Kalim why because there was there there are parameters the Quran was. you're only allowed to eat certain things of intensity of kedusha in certain places that have that intensity of kedusha so a karm pesach which is Kutchum kalam, cannot be eaten on the rooftops so the gemara asks with a fascinating question any is it true that you can't eat the karm pesach on the rooftops this was a description of what it sounded like pesach night this is what pesach night will sound like what this year which is what there were so many people in participating in the Korb Pesach, that everybody had just the Kizais, because there's so many people, as we will see, there are Chaburas, as we know, groups in the Korb Pesach. Everybody had just the Kizais. And what does Alayla Paka igra means? They used to sing Halal on the rooftops when they're eating the Korb Pesach, and they would literally blow the roof off the place. Really? Yeah, they would be standing, and their Halal was so loud and vibrant, it would blow the roof off the place. Wow, you hear it, Barry? <laughs> right. Barry, do you hear? Barry. So now we arrive at Peyvavam Ralev, and the Gemara says, Well, in other words, we can assume that if they were blowing the Achle igra, that if they were, that is it not true, is it not reasonable to assume that they were eating it on the rooftop and reciting Hallel also on the rooftop? Meaning, right, Rebchia was saying how we used to blow the roof off the place when we were reciting Hallel on the Pesach night. So it sounds like we were eating the Karb Pesach on the rooftop. This seems to be in direct, um, right, in directly contradicting the idea of Rav that the rooftops of Yerushalayim are not Kaddish. Since so the Gemara, what you may have logically assumed yourself, lo, the No, simply they ate downstairs at the house, then they went up to the rooftop afterwards for a comzets after the Seder. So Mar says, wait a minute. Are you allowed to move to a different place? is something we're going to discuss also. Can you start eating the Korban pesach in one place and then move to another place? Behat's not. But we learned in the Mishnah that we're going to be learning later on on Kuf Yatas, Ever hear of that phrase? That's that appears in the Haggadah. That you can't, right? You can't finish your Suda, your Seder, as it were, after, after the Afikoman, meaning you can't c- continue eating after the Afikoman, as you know. That's the last thing that you eat. The Umarav, And Rav himself had said that it means that after you eat, the, the, the Korban the pesach, you can't join another group. Okay, so if you can't join another group, how can you say that everybody went upstairs and joined this communal halal um upstairs on the rooftop? So the Maran's Khan In other words, during the meal, nobody's supposed to be going up, upstairs and joining the rest of the community. But when the Pesach Seder is over, wow. this is gonna be wouldn't it be awesome to do this here. This pesach Seder is over. You eat the Afikoman, and then Everybody goes upstairs, and the entire Shalim rooftops are filled with the sound of halal kumzitz. But they can't eat still? But they can't eat up there anymore. Like, you're still, you finished. Allowed to have, like, a fresh That's a good question. Something? So you're asking, can you have like snacks? Yeah, snacks. Like you're finished. you finished. Know, so like a little party, right? I think, yeah. it's, I think the taste of the of, of the must just stay in your mouth. Can you have water? These are the kind of discussions. We're going to get to it. Kuf your test. We're going to get to soda, it. You know? Exactly. Soda. So you want to have a little bit of wine and soda afterwards. Okay. Kofi test, then. You're gonna have to make sure to show up your test go onwards. Okay. Five lines down on Tevav and We want to finish the parak today. So, Rav had said, what? That the, that the, um, attics and the rooftops were not kadash. So, now, we're gonna say, in the Brysotash, ma, uh, that seems to contradict it. It says that, amazingly enough, you have the Kodesh, Kodesh, right? You think that that's like the holiest place that you could possibly imagine. Well, the attic upper area of the Kaddish of Kaddish was even more holy than that. The rooftop? Right. Well, this is more the attic, we'll call it. The, the right. Used to come down from the An incredible yeah. idea that Granot is bringing up. Right, Riff Cook famously used to say this. He used to ask him, "How do you support the secular government of Israel? What are you doing?" So he said, "Well, it used. To, who was left in the Kodesh The coin God on Yom Kippur and." The workers also, right? The maintenance crew. So he said these people who are bringing up the uh right, who are bringing the hakamata medina. They are the maintenance crew of the kach shekodashim, which is Eretz Yisrael, and they, we should respect them as such. So the area, the upper area of the kach Kadashim was even more holy than the. This is a contradiction to Rav. Why? Because Rav had said that the gogos don't even have the kedusha of Yerushalayim and the aliyas. The Gagos and the Elios don't have the Kadush of Yerushalayim. But we see that the Aliyah of the kach was even more holy than the kach shekodashim itself. How do we know those more holy? Illustrated by the following halacha. kach continues the Right, that we say the coin gadol enters the kodesh on Yom Kippur. So that's once a year. Valias base Shavua here means a shemitah uh, um, cycle, right? In seven years. Some say twice in a shemitah cycle. Some say one in a yovel cycle. To see what's going on there. In other words, the coin gadol doesn't go up into the attic when he goes in every Yom Kippur. He's just going on the ground floor. So what's going on in the attic? Whoever goes into the attic of the Kodesh So the maintenance crew is going in, but they're only going in either once in 50 years, or once in seven, or twice in seven years, but less than once a year. To clean up, to yeah, to, to clean. Up. Uh, yeah, it's a funny loshon. Lay them See what's going on. See what it needs. So the point is, there's nobody going in. So how much maintenance does it need already? But to the extent that you can't just let something lay there forever, they check it. But the fact that they check it even less frequently, they enter that area even less frequently than the Kodesh Kodashim, which is just once a year with the, on the Kippur with the Kohen Gadol, is uh, an indication of the fact that it's an even higher level of Kodusha. This seems to contradict Rav's assertion, that the Aliyos were a lower, or didn't even have the Kedush of Yerushalayim. So, how do you reconcile that? So, I'm reading Yosef, neku what, you're going to bring proof from the Hechol? The Hechol is a different thing. Well, I'm talking about the Kedush of Yerushalayim. The area of the Hechol is a totally different level of Kedusha. That whole area is Kodosh. How, how do we know? Shiny hechal? Oh, so here, it says the Gemara, so I'm glad you asked, because the Gemara addresses that. Shiny Hekal The Hechol is different because of the following. The Pasuk says, as yes, we know, Dabit Amalech, right, he did not uh, have the, right, he was not given the tzchus um, of building the Beis himself, but he wanted to do it so badly that he went through as many steps as he could, right? He hired Tony, and, you know, he hired Donny Anker, and he went through all the permits, and he went through all the things, and and so, and so, right, by the time Shlomo came around, he already had all the plans, from the word Geniza, right, the, right, the storage rooms, Right. So it says the houses and the storage rooms and the attics of of The inner rooms is base on Kaporas, Right. And, and the chamber where they had the Kaporas, As we know, it's like the Parochas, but it's Kaporas, where you have the cover of the uh, aron. Anyway, all of this. Would, he did is, he did is, but he didn't build it, right? Right. So, but he didn't build it. He he, he, right, he, he laid down the groundwork, wow. as it were. He made all of the preparations. It's now. This is how right. Exactly. He was so eager to do it. The the granu moment. Right. Barry, is that right? On, oh the Goranowitz Musa moment is here, is that it's like much just because, just because you couldn't, right, uh, complete it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have the eager, you shouldn't have the eager beaver attitude that Goranowitz has today of, of going and showing up and trying to do as much preparation as you can. But get, but guess what? Who made these plans? Was David the architect? Tony Goldenberg? Who was the architect? <laughs> so it's the next, so it says the next puzzle. It was a Everything for the Heichal was in writing by the hand of Hashem. Aha. So if all of it, if Hashem was the architect, when it comes to the Heichal, that is an indication, in fact, that the entire complex was Kaddish. From from right, from top to bottom, literally. And that is the raya that Rabbi Yosef brings that when it comes to the Heichal, everything has Kadusha, because it's all divinely ordained and, and, uh, and constructed. Uh, the rest of Yushalaim, however, is where the Elias and the Gagos are going to not have the Kedusha. Okay, so now we're going to bring another challenge to Rav. Tashma. Now we're going to learn from the Mishnah of Meister as follows. Okay, so this is where it gets a little bit. Uh, this is fascinating. Now we're going to have to have uh, some spatial relations here. Uh, when you have the right the chambers, like the office uh, area, in the base of Mikdash, if they're built on right the Kodesh place, but they're open to an unkodish area, uh, a fascinating halacha. You handle it if it's open to an, a non-Kodesh area. So then we say that the inner airspace of said. Chamber is going to be considered chol. However, the rooftop is still going to be considered kodesh. Okay. Well, that sounds like the opposite of Rav. Rav says that the rooftops were the chol. So, that, how do you handle that? The Targum of explained the Mishnah as follows. No, the Rashi explains over here. In other words, the reason why the rooftops, as as indicated in the Mishnah, are kodesh, whereas the inner area is chol, is simply because. The architecture of that area was such that the rooftops of these antechambers were level with the floor of the Azara. Well, once the, they're level with the floor, then, then they're like continuous. Then it's like Azara proper. That's why they're kodesh. Not kodesh because of some sort of like you know how we have with uh, when we talk about Tumas Cheres is the airspace, right? We talk we talked about this. Kalman knows uh, well because Tumas is the area of expertise, right? Yeah. We talk about this. The outside is, is Tumai, the inside is Tumai. This is not that kind of thing. This is more. Uh, basic. This is the construction. The rooftop is Kodush simply because it's the floor of the Azara. Ah. So Gamar says, wait, but that's not consistent with the safe of that mission in Myshoshini. How so? Does the the, the right. So they, uh, they, they have questions I like that. To go up the it's a fascinating question. How far does Kodusha... Yeah, uh, we, we have that We We have have that. that Shiloh with Tuma also, right? right. Where we say it goes up to Avir. Can, can an yeah. airplane with Kohanim can't go over go some areas? Away. How far does the, does the Kedushah go up? So, so the Mishnah made it sound like it, it stopped, that, 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 it, that it goes up to the roof. But the Gemara says that, um, that that was only because it was level with the ground. So the Gemara then says, Ehi Rav's statement, to your point, Geronowitz, makes it sound like the, it stops at the rooftops and beyond that, it's not Kedush. Right. That's what Rav makes it sound like. So the Gemara says, "E. Uh, safe uh, if you're going to be learning that the reason why the rooftops are Kodesh is because the, um, the chambers were effectively like tunnels, and it's just that the rooftops are really the ground of the Azara, so then the, how do you understand the Sefer of the mission? The Sefer says that the converse is also true, that if the, um, right, that if the chambers are built in an area that's not Kodesh, and they're open to a Kodesh area, then the converse is also true. So on Kodesh, we're gonna go say in Chol, and You just flip the Lacha, then the inner space is considered Kodesh, and the rooftop is considered Kodesh. So it made sense. Right, uh, somewhat. When you said the opposite, right? Whether it's open to chol, right? Whatever it's open to, that's what's the inner is going area is going to be airspace, and then the top is going to be the opposite. So it made sense when the inner airspace was. And then the top was Kodesh because that was leveled with the Azara. But if you're going to say that that was a construction of the area, and you're going to say that the rooftops was contiguous with the Azara, so then how are you going to say that it's open to Kodesh that the, essentially what becomes the tunnels become Kodesh and the top is not going to be Kodesh? That can't be why, he says the Gemara. If you're talking about the area where basically the Lishkoas are effectively considered tunnels underneath the ground, and that's why the rooftop was Kodesh before, so in the Seifa, how are you going to say that the tunnels themselves are Kodesh and the rooftops are Chol? After all, Havi Mechilos, After all, the chambers become effectively like tunnels. Remember this from some Chavah, Andrew? Rabbi Yochoran said that the the, the tunnels, this was in the context of when we talked about the the Balakari and the other uh, Tuma individuals, when they walked in and out, where they could walk, how far in they could come, and we said, Rabbi Yochanan made two statements. We said, one of them is not Noguea right now, it's not uh, relevant for now, and the other one had to do with the Bakari. Well, that's the statement that is relevant now. The statement was, lo That was the first of the two statements, Rabbi Yochanan, back at which was, tunnels are, of the Yerushalayim are considered Chol. Okay? And so the question is, if the tunnels are considered Chol, so then why are you saying that if an anti-chamber is open, right, if one of these chambers is open to Kadesh that the, the tunnel is Kaddish and the top is Chol? We, Rabbi Yochanan, taught us exactly the opposite. So we, uh, yeah. Israel, they have wall, they Right, have they have Chiskiah's tunnel. tunnels. Right. Is that Kadesh or what? So, so according to Rabbi Yochanan, tunnels should be Chol. That's the statement. Very. Isn't that fascinating? Wow, wow, wow. That, that That we actually can visualize what the tunnels are, they're referring to, when we think of tunnels being Chol, Chiskiah's tunnels. So, Kikamar of so the Gemara is going to explain what's going on with these tunnels now. Kikamar of in what context did he say that the, that the tunnels were chol? the la har habais. Aha. The tunnels that are open to the har habais, which was, right, the har habais, the, the har habais we think of the most Kodish thing, but here we're talking about relative to the Heichal it was a lesser level of Kedusha So, those are the tunnels that are chol. Hahi. And in what context it was the Mishnah who said that the, that the, um, Tunnels were Kodesh, what are they referring to? If Sukhosla Azara, when it's open to the actual Chatzar, to the, that area, that's when it's Kodesh. So basically, right, whether the tunnels are going to be Chol or Kodesh is simply going to depend on whether they are actually open to the Harabais, which is the lesser level of Kodesh, or to the Azara, which is the higher level of Kodesh. That's going to depend whether the tunnels are Kodesh or Chol. So I believe Chitzke's tunnels, I guess, are open to the Harabais, which would mean thus that they would fit into Rabbi Yochanan's description of being Chol. Aha. Now, I'm just curious, they built the, uh, well, uh, in, the uh, you know, in the basement? Well, we're, we're we're flying through. Uh, we're almost going to be done soon enough with Maseches Pesachim, so no, don't worry. Soon enough, we're going to learn Maseches Sukkah. So, Right, but we have to finish the parash. So, we're going to have to satisfy your curiosity later. Hatanya okay. We learned in the Brizer review to says that the tunnels under the Heichal were chol. So that sounds like even under the Heichal there would be chol, not just under right the So the Gemara says, no. Kitanya yeah, okay, they were under the Heichal. So that's the Chiddush. In other words, even though they're, they're physically under the Hechol, the opening of set tunnels are, right, to the to the Habays. And it is where they are open to that determines whether they're Kodesh Hachol, not where they are underneath. That's the, that, that's good for the Chiddush. Okay. Now, but that's, a, that's challenged again. Tashma, V'gago, Kodesh. Okay, all of this, okay, made sense, but the, for the fact that Rabbi Huda in his B'risa had said that the Gog is Kodesh. Now, this was not mentioned in David's blueprint, right? In David's blueprint, it only mentions the Aliyos, and the chadarav and the Gan but didn't mention the Gagos. So the, Gemara, the, so the Gemara says Halalu, right? But that very Brisa teaches later in the same Brisa that these uh, that these rooftops, right, ain't ochlin sham kachim That those Gagim were in fact kadosh. They ain't sham and you can't shecht kachim kalam, right? In other words, we know from the same Brisa that it's not kadosh, right? Because in other words, you can't eat kachim kachim there, and so if you, that means that it's not kadosh. So the same Brisa is teaching us that it's not kadosh. So how do you so how do you reckon? So how do you understand that? So the Gemara says, simply, that this later idea, right, the two parts of the B'raises seem to contradict each other. First it says Gagokodesh, and then it says that the that not-kodesh, as indicated by the fact that you can't eat kach there. So how do you reconcile this? This is like this. The fact that it says Gagokodesh, Amar, Rechama, Bar, Gurya, Laos, Amos. Right, that there was a portion, the answer is, we're about to hit, a mind-blowing calendrical coincidence. I don't want you to get emotionally prepared, Andrew. Um, there's a portion of the gog. The reason why you see this apparent here is is there's a portion of the gog that was Kaddish and a portion of the gog that was not. The portion of the gog that was Kaddish was unique. That was the outlier. It was a small portion of the gog that was there for the storage of a very specific thing. Let's see it inside. It is the State Amos. There were two rulers basically, measuring sticks, that well, were kept. Helicopter that were kept. Pay. What? So the helicopter it was like a helicopter pad for the two measuring sticks that were kept in the basement. It's none as we learned in the Mishnah in Caleb. Oh my God. Are you kidding me right now? Shushan HaBira. We're, we're in Adar. Is, it because of, is this from Purim? This is from Purim. Because why? Because they built the second base of Mikdash. Right? If you recall, Ahashverosh, right? and they returned to Eretz Israel to build the second base of Mikdash. Not everybody, but enough. And who gave the authority to free them and to rebuild it? Achashveirosh. So he said to them, it's Machlokas in the rishonim. it's not really Machlokas, it actually brings up different strains of what the possibility of why it was called Shushan HaBira. One of two things, either it was Pacharis Satov to Shushan for letting them build it, or it was Shushan reminding them, don't forget, who we'll let you build it, in a sort of more right, menacing way. But be that as it may, there was an area that was dedicated called Shushan HaBira on the second base of Mikdash. Oh, because of Yep. Yeah. So, anyways, that's where they kept these measuring sticks. al One of them was kept in the northeast corner, but achas al mizrachas On the other, the southeast corner, Zush mizrachas say, al Shell Moshe What's this, Moshe Chatsi Atzba? Well, the Moshe Rabbeinu had this with standard amma. Remember, daf Gimel and Erevin, we were talking about the standard amma. Whether it's five tefachim would be a standard amma, six tefachim would be a little bit more. Do we do a little more? Do we do a little less? Right. So, so we say. So, there were a couple of measuring sticks. So, that which was on the northeast corner was a little bit bigger than the regular ama. And that which was on the right southwest corner was also a little bit bigger by half ama. Together, it was longer than that of Moshe by a full, right, ama. And when you're talking about an ama, it's not like a centimeter or an inch, as we discussed in Ervin, where it's regulated. It's, you can have like bigger ones and smaller ones. So, Moshe Rabbeinu had one that was like the standard, five fucking. But you could have like a slightly bigger one also, so it was like more fluid than what you might be used to. And and that that we brought that up already that you can have like a closed fist and open fist, right? When you're measuring these measurements, okay. So why would they do that? It says the following, an amazing thing. When Tony Goldberg tells you he's going to build you a room twenty by twenty, so he uses the small. He charges you for the small twenty by twenty. So and then he builds you the big twenty by twenty. So you're getting, in essence, more than what you paid for. House, so what is the point of that? The point of that is because what if he did it the other way around? If he charged you for the large twenty, if he charged the base on mikdash for the large twenty by twenty, and then got and then got paid and then build a small twenty by twenty, he'd be making too much profit off the base of mikdash. That's called Me'ila. That's misappropriation of temple funds. So basically, wow. the reason why you could play with the measurements is that you basically, if you're if you're building the base of mikdash, so to speak, then you could charge. Uh, for the smaller measurements, right. but give, provide the larger measurements, right. and by doing so, you you avoid the violation of the Yeah, Do Common does everything exact. He only has one measuring right. stick, it's all the same. Now, Common uh, common doesn't doesn't shave off either side, but the point is that right. we're trying to, the Garanowicz-Musser the, the here is, uh, you should deliver more than you promised. How's that? And, and that common does, that, that common does. Okay, so why? So the Gemara asks, why do you need to have both measuring sticks? One was measured for the gold and silver, one was measured for the construction. So they had two for two different functions. Anyway, the bottom line is that the Bryce is pointing out that there was a portion of, right, this area of the roof of the Echel that was Kaddish and part of it was not. And the rest of it was whole, and that's why that um, accounts for the apparent discrepancy in the Mishnah in, in uh, my Sheni. It's not really a, a discrepancy; it's just talking about different parts of the roof. So when you do business, you should always charge, uh, uh, you know, fair, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's a big value. <laughs> so now Rav, okay, so Rav. Now we say we, we, we've saved Rav. He said that the rooftops were not did not have the Kadusha of the the actual chutz. So now, in light of this, Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah. The following, we said that the windows and the thickness of the wall were like the inside, right? Which means that they were like kodesh. So Bishle I can understand the windows, because again, the way the construction was, there were areas of the azara where the floor was level with the windows because of the you know if you had a ramp. But the thickness of the wall, right? By definition, wherever the courtyard is, then the wall goes even higher, and therefore it's never it's not level with the azara, and therefore how does that retain the kedusha of the azara? So says the gemara, that there is something called. Like the higher wall, and the other one, it's called like the floor molding, so to speak. That's the lower wall, right? That's how you visualize it. It's there, as actually explains, sort of support the higher wall. So when we say that it's Kaddish, we're referring to said low wall. How do we know there's a high and low wall? And and this is a pasuk in Eicha, that both the high wall and the lower wall used to mourn, right? The is the... So so what's the hail, And what's the Choma? So the so it sounds like Rav Acha, be saying Rabbi Khanina, Shura Uvar Shura. That was how uh, Rav Hanina explained what that Pasuk in Eicham means. That it means that there was two walls. There was a high wall and a low wall. Illustrating that there was a low wall, it is in fact that low wall that's essentially level with the floor of the Azara that has that retains the Kedusha and it is that wall which the Mishnah is referring to. Amazing, amazing concept. Okay. Switching gears, new Mishnah towards the bottom of Pei Pava Talking about Eating the Pesach together. We have to, pay, you have to hold copy of your because we're going to be a Chabura when we do this. So, can you stay together? How much can you do? On, can you go off on your own? So, it says, so, the truth of the matter is, I should just say the, the psukim. The psukim says, So one Pasuk says, right, that they are multiple, it says, Sounds like you're eating in multiple houses, fine. And then it says, That you should eat it in one house. So, are you eating it in multiple houses or are you eating it in one house? So you have to reconcile these two psuki. So let's see. Stasis of the Mishnah. Let's you have two groups of uh, two groups eating a single this is important, Rashi explains. you can't eat in a restaurant with different people. What the carbon pesa? Yeah. Okay, so let's eat. Okay, so we'll do a restaurant. Okay? You have multiple groups. Now Rashi points I out very important. Tell. I tell. Well that's a very good point. Pesach program. This sounds like Pesach programs, right? You have you want to get everybody wants a private seder, but not everybody can afford a private seder, right? So you have multiple people sitting in multiple areas in the in the ballroom, and they're not looking at each other. Is are these Pesach programs going to work out with the carbon Pesach? Like how are they going to fit? Perfect. So Rashi, first Rashi in the Mishnah, Pesach echaz bebayit Okay, so everybody is in the bonaventure. Okay, and they are all bringing one carbon Pesach they're going to get together in the lobby and they bring their Korm Pesach of the venture. It's going to be the best Korm Pesach ever. Okay. But they're eating at, what? Separate tables. Right? So says the Mishnah, yes. Sounds like you could do it. You could do it in the ballroom of the Adventure, Right? And And you don't have to all like face each other. As you're eating it, you can sort of like break up into separate tables. As well, even if you're eating the same karma pesach, okay, the and a chiddush as Rashi explains, you can even have like a little bit of mechitzah like the buffet table between them. The hamecham technically is the kettle, but that's the idea. That even if you have the buffet table and everybody's going to the buffet together, that's not considered a mechitzah yet. That's considered okay, and it's still eaten Chabura. okay. And now where let's right when, when the poor yeshiva guys that are like the that are the waiters, right? So who is he going to eat the Pesach with? So when he's eating with one group and he gets up to pour the wine for the other group, right, he has to pick a group. When he does so, is that unbelievable? It's like um, he's holding his breath because he has to close his mouth wow. because he can't demonstrate wow. that he has anything to do with the second group. Wow. He has to what? Wow. He has to show that he's only with one of the groups, that like he's with his uh, waiter friends. Wow. Uh, right, Everybody has to wear a mask. Oh my God. That's, this, this is all this year. So, yeah, what are you going to do this year with the mask? Are we going to say that the waiters can't wear a mask because they have to keep their mouth closed so that we can see it? That's unbelievable. That's only going to be in the Badat program. That would be a coincidence, anyways. Until he gets back to his own group, once he gets back to his waiter dudes, then he can eat. Okay, and then finally says the Mishnah, so we'll, we'll hopefully get to this in Gemara. Uh, a separate idea that Akala, because she's, right, Akala's always the center of attention, it's a little bit embarrassing, um, and therefore, she, unlike other people which have to, uh, demonstrate, right, cohesiveness with the group by showing that they're part of the crew, she can actually turn away because she doesn't, nobody wants to watch her chew, she, she's more embarrassed because she's the focus wow. of attention, Muster, so, a little bit Muster here with sneals, right? right? Okay, so the Gemara asks, Maslis and Mani, who wrote our Mishnah? Okay, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, the Tanya, because it says in the B'raisa, asher Oso bahem, right, on the houses, right, uh, Rashi, What's the mashmas of this? Uh, as we recorded the Pasuk already, that it's eaten in multiple houses. Melamen pesach nechal b'shnei chaburos. Right, makes it sound like you can take the same carbon Pesach and eat it in multiple chaburos. want what make it sound, that's what Rashi says. shnei adam echad b'shnei batim. Because it says yochlu shnaim osso cha pesach batim shnaim. In other words, you have to know a little dikdok here uh, to, to understand this part of the Gemara, that the, the language, the dikdok here makes it sound like it's one carbon Pesach with multiple houses. It sounds like the Pesach could be eaten in b'shnei chaburos. So you might think, hold up for this. You might think again, one corn Pesach, multiple people eating simultaneously in two groups, that's okay. But you might think that Geronowitz can go seder hopping. That uh, <laughs> you can start by Andrew, move over to Barry, go go buddy up with Colin. Now that he's got all these buddies. No. You cannot do that, Gorana, so you gotta pick your spot. Because as we mentioned, there's two psukim. One says multiple houses, one says single house. So, how do you reconcile the psukim? So, now you know that if you're eating one korban at the same time, so you can eat it like in multiple locations. But you can't have one guy, uh, uh, corporate hopping. He has to stick with one group. Right? That's why if you have like the waiter, he's eating it by right next to the gyro. Right, where the, the the oven that they're roasting it? eat <laughs> If he's smart, he's just finished eating it right then and there because he's not going to be able to move afterwards. However, if they want to be good dudes, if they want to be good dudes, Khabur could actually come join him. They could be tzaddik, tzaddikim, and they could actually keep him company, and then he could feel like he's having like a real family basic seder because he can't move. That's the Rebbe Huda. That was Rebbe Huda's shita. Rebbe Shimon, however, on there, alabat him to the pursuit somewhat differently. That in fact, from the same, uh, from that puzzle, you could go so far as to say that the Geronites like can go what? He can go Pesach Seder hopping, wow. as we hop over to Pesach Seder days, and we say wow. You might think that the Karm can be eaten in two groups. Aha so that's a different thing you might think that he could eat it in two groups the pasuk however says that it should be eaten in one house so wait what's the source of the machlokas be heard That's shimon marbi the marbim how do they disagree on how to understand that pasuk who does Savar a fundamental machlokas we see all over shas yesh aim lemasores in very shimon Savar. yesh aim lemikra unbelievable the pasuk is written in a way that implies one way and is read a different way and if you know dikduk and you know what a reflexive is so you know the difference between yochal and yachel said outside. It is basically a chafsa issue. If you say yochal, uh, and Rashi says a whole arichas explains how it is, and he says some people say it's the exact opposite. So don't don't beat yourself up if you if it's not obvious to you, right? Because it's not obvious to Rashi either. But the point is that the the simple way to understand it, or at least you know one mahalach would be right, uh, like a chafsa thing. Like if if the idea is the korban bevayis echad that it has to be yochal. So then that's a hefza thing right the korban has to be eaten in one house so then we don't necessarily care right what that whether somebody is going to come from the outside called right if somebody's going to come and eat and partake of the korban as long as the korban stays in one place if you say yochal so then it's the individual now it's on the gaver right That we don't want that person moving right so it's a question of does the korban move or does the does the korban have to stay in one place and people can come in or does the individual have to stay in one place and he can't move around that and 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 the messaurus and the mikra. One is Yachel, one is Yochal, and that informs their shitos uh, accordingly. Incredible, fascinating, really, um, a lot more here to uh, to be ma'ayen, to work it out. Rashi himself is uncharacteristically, right, even this Rashi, uncharacteristically, um, Long he says, because etc. Right? He's starting to to explain a little bit more, like historical of what he learned, what he thought. Maybe it's like this, maybe it's like that. Fascinating, different ideas. But we 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 lay down, and he, even the art scroll says, I'll say the whole thing like Rashi, and then afterwards you'll see there'll be a note. I'll explain the whole thing like the, the other Mepharshim. So we have um we have we have a lot of uh, a lot over here. Okay. Now, but we understand Parshat Pasha basically is that there's a Maseiros and a Mikra, and that those inform and and it has to do with how you read that pasuk, and those inform the halacha. Okay. Now. There's not communists between these two, halachas, as follows. Let's say you were sitting, and you had a machitza between you. Okay, so now we're getting Shlomo Skolnik on this. You know what Shlomo Skolnik is? Travel deal. Uh, his, his industry got hit hard. It's the, yeah, right, Israel tourism. So he runs a program called Kinar. And he tells everybody, I'm gonna give you like a private state. But basically, he's putting up machitzos, everyone's in the lobby, and the like, he's, every square inch of the Kinar is used up. So is that considered a breakup, right? We said that the buffet table doesn't break it up. But what if you were sitting as a group, and all of a sudden a mechizah comes out. So the divry armor, Pesach nechal haburos, Right, if you hold that you can have multiple chaburos for the Pesach as long as the Pesach stays in one place, then the Pesach didn't move, that's cool. However, the divry armor, ain't a Pesach nechal beshtech, haburos, ain't Right, but if you say that it has to do with the individual, so then now they've been separated, now they have to stop eating. They have to stop the Seder. Wow. Conversely, This is even more amazing. You were sitting and you had the partitions, you're in the kinar and the waiters want to go to bed. So they move away the mechizos. Now you see the other chaburo's. So if all you care about, right, is Rabbi Shimon, like Rabbi Shimon, that you, as long as the Pesach stays, that the Pesach could uh, be eaten in two places rather, so, so then it's okay. that the Karpin pesach has to stay Oakland. Rashi says this big Chiddush. It's a big Chiddush. Do you understand what's going on? You had one place, it was considered, right, two places. So each side of the machitza was considered as its own place. Rashi explains, when the Mechitza was taken away, now all of a sudden the ability to see the other family and their table is the equivalent, even though you, and as Rashi spells it out, even though you didn't move and your Pesach Seder didn't move and your crew and your Korb didn't move, by virtue of now being part of this other family, it's as if you moved and it, and, and you have to stop the Seder. That's a huge Kiddush. We're gonna see at the end of this Gemara, that's not so pushy. As we see right now, in fact, Yosher of Kahana, Kapasha like Kahana used to say this halacha, it sounded Pasha to him. He's like, "Yeah, that's pashir. That's the gemara." Amalei of Kahana. Rashi says, "Are you so sure that that's that that's not a huge chiddush? Why are you so confident that that's the halacha?" You should really be uh, less confident about this matter. Um, this whole idea of a mechitza creating a whole other place or breaking up a place. This idea of mechitza—it's—it's—it's uh, it's un, it's, uh, unsettling to see how. How passionate it is to you, Rav Kahana, says Ravashi says Ravashi teiku. I myself, uh, this is a very interesting right, application of Teku. He says I myself am unsure. I'm going to you this right. I'm going to say that Mashiach is going to tell me uh, how to resolve this issue of says, I think that, which is a way of saying I think that this is really not a pashtut halach at all. Okay, now two dots, fourteen lines down. Pay and blaze. So the, we said fechas is panas. So as promised, we said that the Kala, right? She was she she, would, she was allowed to turn her face out of modesty. So my time, what's the reason? She's embarrassed. She's the center of attention, so she's allowed to, and we let her. Okay. now we have a story. Ready for story time? Interesting story. Oh my goodness! Are you kidding me? He's everywhere. Okay. Was hosting, right? And Ravuna comes to visit him. So So apparently Ravuna. Was not really known in this locale, and so he asked him, "What's your name?" So I'm Aluhu Ravuna. I'm Ravuna. Okay. So Amru Nesiv Maraporia. They said, "Okay, would you like to sit on the couch?" So he asked him, He said, "Yeah, I, I would love to," and he sits right on the couch. Uh-huh. Kasa, We're going to learn that all of this was considered poor etiquette. You're supposed to show, according to etiquette, more modesty. Nobody calls themselves rabbi. They say, "What's your name?" He says, "Moshe Howard." He doesn't say Rab- "rabbi Howard." And you say, "Sit on the couch." He said, "No, it's okay. I'm fine." But Ravuna didn't do so. Right? He said, "I'm Rabbi Huna." He sits on the couch. They gave him a cup of wine to drink. He didn't. Have, he didn't have to ask him twice. He took it right away. and drinks it in two gulps. and he didn't even turn his face. So who is this guy? Who is this hotshot? They were upset. They said that my Karis Ravuna. How do you call yourself Ravuna? Who calls himself Rabbi? I'm That's my name. I'm Rabbi. They've been calling me that my whole life, even when I was a kid. Says Rashi. But maybe so. That's one thing. But but you can tell you like you know you wanted to know who I was. That's how I'm called. People call me Rabbi Howard. Okay, so my So they said, okay, so then, so, so we get it. They call you, they call you Rabbi your whole life. But when we said sit on the couch, you just sit on the couch. You don't demur at all. So i call my In other words, I was just being polite. I wasn't being haughty. I was just following the rules of the house. You tell me to sit, I sit. You tell me to stand, I stand. Okay, so fine. So you've answered like the first two of your five social guffaws. Let's keep going. Okay, so we gave you the copy. We took it right away. It didn't demur at all. How do you explain that? So I'm, oh, yeah, I can't refuse when a great person asks me. This actually has halacha Maisa, right? Barry gets called up for an aliyah, right, on days that he's not leaning, so he could say, right. So if you have like a huge crowd. And somebody calls you up for the Leah, then there's a lot of us about that. No, thank you, appreciate it, we're going for the omud, right? right? But you know, we have like uh, only a finite amount of people at the 6.5 million and, and everybody needs to get to work. So this is not a time to start being coy and to start being a tzaddik all of a sudden not accept, uh, you just accept your keyboard and go, for, accept your keyboard and move on, right? So, um, so right, so he says, Okay, so fine. So that's why he right away accepted the 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 coast. My time, I actually betrayed me. What about the two gulps? They said. So Amar Lahu, he said that had a cheshvan too. The Tanya, because we learned in the if I guzzled it and chugged it in one gulp, that would be that would make me a guzzler. That's not good. The middle ground is two gulps, that's the perfect, uh, that's the perfect uh, amount. That's the golden mean, That's right? Because if I'm nursing this thing over three sips, then that makes it also haughty. Who are you that you're just nursing the drink? So two gulps is the perfect middle ground. Okay, so yeah, add for everything. Okay, but finally, what was your cheshbon? My time Allah But come on, man, you just like staring us in the face while you're drinking it. You didn't turn away in any way. Apparently, that was the social norm of the day. So, Amaru, what are you talking about? The, our Mishnah says that only the kala is allowed to turn her face, but that's the kala. I'm not a kala, so the kala turns her face. I keep my face turned to you, of course. Right? We're not talking about the korban pesach as far as I know. are we talking about the korban pesach? In other words, um, the, the, he he applied it to the etiquette of drinking the wine, but maybe maybe that was the korban pesach after all. Anyway. The point is that he was um, right the point is that, that he applied the idea of turning your face and said that that's only applicable to a kala and that makes it seem like that's an outlier behavior that everyone else faces everyone when they are eating and or drinking because don't forget the Korm pesach mimics right the social norms of the eating of the day in a certain sense that's how you establish a habura as a matter of fact we're going to learn meal etiquette very soon we're going to see uh, another story short one Rabbi Shmaber Bialy see equal Yossi, ben LaKonia Went to the house of they gave him a cup of wine to drink. He took it right away. Takes the whole thing down, chugs it in one gulp. We just said that two gulps is the golden mean. Why are you taking one gulp? So yeah, when they said that you shouldn't take it in one gulp, they didn't take into account that this would be such a small cup with such sweet wine, and that I would be such a big guy. In other words, a big like my father-in-law, Oliver Shalom, used to drink like schnapps out of a beer mug. He was a big man, and he was able to handle it. For him, it was normal. For anyone else, it would be abnormal. So everything is in context. Okay. Now we have an unbelievable. This is actually the part where the article says you could do it like Rashi or like the other Mefarshim. An unbelievable discussion concerning uh, a group of people eating together. So we're going to spend one minute talking about it. Uh, well, we don't have a minute yet. But one minute talking about this. Uh, Rashi says this has nothing to do with Korpesak. This is straight up meal etiquette. And the rest of the first says it has to do with Korban Pesach, which makes more sense in context. Amar Ravuna, Bnei Chabura, and Nichnasen Ravuna says that Bnei Chabura, they can go in as three, but they can leave one at a time. This is like in a restaurant. Ravuna, it says, This is only applicable when they enter at the time that no, more normal people enter, and only when the waiters are aware. In other words, are you making the waiter stay later? Okay? Or serve only a few people? So Bina, Benei Chabura, and Nasen Chardamim, and Nasen Chardamim. That who that it's the last guy who stays, last guy is the guy that leaves the tip. So again, this is either a or I think this is why Rashi thought that it had to do with just regular dudes in the restaurant, related to say, but the answer is no, everybody splits the tip, it's not just the last guy pays the tip. Hadron Allah Kate at Solin, we finished the last park par- uh, the park uh, seventh park, but we'll continue with the eighth park tomorrow.